In California, we strive to have green energy. In some cases, we may even pay more to get electricity that is branded as green. But are we really getting green energy? You apply a little bit of magic, sleight of hand, little smoke and mirrors, and the consumer feels like, hey, wow, you know, I got something that's, that's green and I'm feeling good about myself. In reality, you aren't getting what you think you got. You're getting dirty power. Who's responsible for this greenwashing in the electricity space? With all of this gamesmanship behind the scenes and all this exporting of dirty power and well, we got clean, so aren't we green? You may be, but you just exported dirty, and so what are you doing for the environment? My guest today is Jim Phelps, a California utility expert who spent 35 years in the power industry as an engineering contractor and utility rate analyst. Our priorities are all all wrong. We got the wrong people in doing the wrong stuff. We've got our eye over here, you know, on green and not looking at the total cost of being green and are we really being green? So what exactly is greenwashing and how is it affecting your utility bills? Let's find out in today's episode. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. It's nice to be here. Thank you. We want to talk to you about greenwashing. Can you tell us more about what this is? Well, greenwashing in the electricity industry is where you take a dirty product, a dirty uh, energy product, and you apply a little bit of magic, sleight of hand, little smoke and mirrors, and the consumer feels like, hey, wow, you know, I got something that's, that's green and I'm feeling good about myself and I spent a little bit of money on this and it was a little bit more than I thought, but it's green, it's saving the planet, and you know, great. Uh, in, in reality, you aren't getting what you think you got. You're getting dirty power. Or somebody else is getting dirty power that really was just kind of shuffled around that you are responsible for. But the net of it is you're not getting the green power that you think you are to a large extent. Now, once in a while you do, but for the most part, you are not. Can you explain this process for our audience more? Well, there are four, there are probably more than four, but for me, in my mind, there are four basic uh, verticals of greenwashing. Um, the first involves renewable energy. The first two re involve renewable energy. And renewable energy is uh, any energy in California that's typically it's wind, solar, geothermal, uh, biomass, biogas, small hydro, anything less than 30 uh, megawatts. And those are all categorized as renewable. To authenticate them, each megawatt hour that you get of renewable energy, you also get what's known as a certificate, a renewable energy certificate. So one megawatt of power is accompanied by one renewable energy certificate. So when you have a solar plant and you're generating some solar power with each amount you, you, get, you generate, you get a certificate. Correct. And you, you don't get one in the mail or anything, but it's generated and it goes yes. to a central repository and, and these things are tracked through a regulatory basis uh, mechanism. So what happens is that renewable energy and the certificate come together and the first type of greenwashing that occurs is where the certificate is allowed to be reported to regulators without the underlying energy. It's called an unbundled certificate. They unbundle the electric power. It, it's, it's, it's allowed. It's just the way it is. So you have a certificate that's a standalone that goes to uh, the consumer's energy portfolio, and then, because you can't run your toaster on a certificate, 
they buy the the energy company that's selling you this stuff goes out and buys just brown power and they deliver that brown power under the certificate. So you buy a certificate of somebody that has solar and then you get the coal or whatever type power you have. Exactly. And you put them together exactly and make right. it green. Exactly right. And that's allowed. That, that's, that's legal in California. There, it's, a, it's about 3% of the portfolio, energy portfolio, that can, that's allowed to be treated that way. So that's the first of these four. The second of the four greenwashings really involves, to the largest extent, solar power. Now, solar power is delivered, you know, it's produced as the sun moves across the, the, the sky during the day. And if you plotted it on a piece of paper, if you looked at what the profile of the total volume of energy, solar energy looks like, it comes across as a big hump. And that hump starts at about, you know, 10, 11 in the morning, and then it humps up and it stays up pretty high, and then it drops down, and it, and it starts to taper at about 3 or 4 or 5 in the afternoon, and then it dies off. So you get this big wave. And this stuff comes through, it moves through California every day with the sun. Well, that big wave of energy doesn't coincide with California's electric demand. We don't need all that. We don't, we don't need all that solar that's showing up. But it's there. And electricity is a use it or lose it. You know, when it shows up, use it. It's not going to hang around and wait for you. It's gone. So what they'll do, what, what these energy companies will do, is they'll over-procure. They'll buy more solar on that big hump again. They don't need it. Their consumer demand for their customers may only be this, but they'll, they'll buy that. You know, they'll buy a big, and just, just to support this. So they'll over-procure. They'll over-purchase. And then they sell off. Again, they only need this much solar, but they'll buy that much solar. So that difference here, they'll sell that off. They'll sell off the electrons. There's a market for that. To other states or other people? Or Could be somebody else in California who needs the power. We don't know what the circumstances are. Typically not in California because it, the, the solar shows up and it's not needed. But um, often out of state. But they'll, that energy company will retain the certificates. So they keep the certificates for the solar on the amount that they sell off. Correct. And then what do they do with it? Well, they keep the certificates. They sell off that power. Then they go into another market and they just buy brown power. It's inexpensive. And they deliver that to you at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night or whenever the sun isn't shining, for sure. And they need the power. And then they report to the... Uh, regulators that uh, they've delivered so much green power, so much solar power. And you go to your friends and you go, you know, hey, that Jim Phelps Energy Company is pretty good. I'm feeling good about myself. He's green. We're, we're green. We're saving the planet. Uh, and, and you don't realize that really the only person who's getting green is me in my wallet while I'm taking your cash. Uh, you're not getting green power. To a large extent, most of what you're getting is just dirty brown power. So you're getting that brown power at night, which you don't, it's a mix, right? It's a mix of different things. It could be coal, it could be yes. natural gas. Yes, and yeah. And that brown power at night is called system power. And that system power, which you refer to, is a mix of most of it's coal, uh, uh, gas, a little bit of coal, uh, nuclear out of uh, Arizona, out of Palo Verde nuclear, um, a little bit of nuclear probably out of Diablo Canyon. It just depends what PG&E is using for their own system. But uh, yeah, it's a mix. Do the consumers pay more to be green? 
Uh, you mean with the Jim Phelps energy? Uh, yes, you do pay more, but you're, you're feeling good about yourself. Uh, the, uh, and, and again, uh, you know, they're bragging rights for you. Um, I am not, and by the way, what I've just done is not illegal. It's allowed. It is, it's, and it's, I, I, I see that look on your face like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of this green energy company? I, I didn't even know about it. That is allowed. What I've just done is allowable as long as that energy that I sell off is called unspecified power. And it's just unspecified power. If I sell it off as unspecified power and I retain the certificate, I'm allowed to do that. So you don't set it as green, you set it as unspecified. Correct. And then that selling of unspecified power also eliminates any possibility of somebody saying, well, they're double counting. Because the only one who's single counting is you. When you're telling everybody how green you are, well, I'm delivering coal and gas fired power to you at night along with paper certificate that says, hey, I'm green, but you know, the Jim Phelps Energy Company says so. And so you're feeling good about yourself. I hope you do. I hope you like the, the company I've set up. So that's the second of, of the greenwashing. And then there's a third, and it moves out of the renewables and into hydroelectric, into large hydro. Large hydro is anything, any uh, energy that's produced by a hydroelectric dam that's larger than 30 megawatts. The turbine generator is larger than 30 megawatts. You may ask why, when, you know, when you find out, let me know. Um, just there, put this rule. It's I just, it, it's California. If it's less, if it's 30 megawatts or less, it's considered small hydro and larger, it's considered large hydro as opposed to small. So large hydro does not have a a REC-based, a renewable energy certificate-based tracking system. What they have is this, is this instrument called environmental attributes. Okay, so how does that work? Well, if you have a cocktail napkin and a pen, we can just sit down, we can just scribble it right here and I can just invent one for you. Just like that. Uh, the environmental attribute is supposed to accompany the uh, large hydro that you buy, and then you know if I'm a if I'm a hydroelectric dam up in the Pacific Northwest, I will generate uh, uh, let's say 100 megawatts of large hydropower, and I'll sell that to you. And then maybe the con hopefully the contract says includes environmental attributes. So you get the contract, and you go, okay, this is a kind of a bundled environmental attributes plus the power. It's bundled, just like that energy. They come together. They come yeah. together. It's associated. They're all the, it's the associated stuff. It's not, this isn't from someplace else three years ago. It's this power, this environmental attribute comes to you. And as long as everything stays on the up and up, I don't have a problem with, with large hydro like that. The issue I have, though, is nobody's tracking. There's no, there's no repository. The REC system, there is. It's called the Regis Agency, uh, Western Renewable Energy Generation Information System. And it is a organization in, Mon uh, not Montana, but in Utah, and their sole existence is um, tracking and making sure that renewable energy certificates are not double counted. That's their primary, th and they have other things that they do, but, but that's their primary purpose, is to just make sure that that stays legitimate. So there's this, there's this numeric digital tracking system that's tracking all of these th millions, thousands, hundreds of thousands of certificates that are going through the, the, the energy market every year. And they're all flowing through Regis in the western part of the country, western part of the United States. So um, 
that banking or accounting system keeps some integrity in the system. Large Hydro doesn't have a, a Regis-type tracking system. It just has, you just wrote in your contract, well, we're selling you the environmental attributes. So can you sell it without the attributes? You can, of course, yes, you can. And so does that happen? That does happen, yes. And, and that power, if it gets sold without the environmental attribute, then it's supposed to be treated by the person who buys it as, quote, unspecified power. And the unspecified power has a, uh, a set uh, greenhouse gas emission rate in California of 943.58 pounds per megawatt hour of CO2. So if you get unspecified, you, you use that 944, 944 pounds of CO2 per megawatt hour, and that goes into your calculations for your greenhouse gas, okay? If it's unspecified. So what happens is you get large hydro, you have the environmental attribute, they come together. If it doesn't come together and you just get the large hydro without the environmental attribute, you treat it as unspecified. We're getting into the wonky here, sorry about that. Uh, if it comes with the, the uh, environmental attribute, you get it and it's treated as clean, as zero carbon. My problem is, says who? Says when? You're gonna take that, you're gonna take that energy now, if you're, especially if you're a wholesaler, if you're one of the big wholesalers and you're selling off power to all of the, the, the smaller consuming agencies in California, and you control this bulk of energy that came to you, and maybe it's got environmental attributes, and maybe it doesn't, and it gets, you start selling it off now to, to 20 different little you know, other mouths. Some of that has environmental attributes, maybe, and some of it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it all does, and it's all legitimate. Great. What do they do with it, the guys who bought it from you? They're going to take some of it, and they're, they're going to sell it, and maybe offload it, and they'll, they'll trade it among themselves. And Well, does it all go with environmental attributes stay with it or do I keep some of that for myself and then I use that for some of my own dirty power and then I report it as large hydro while you got large hydro without an environmental attribute. I mean it's just it's it's a it is a uh, it's an accounting nightmare. You're never going to track it down and be able to reconcile it. The, the wholesalers are not going to open their books and let you look at it unless there's a, a, a you know a, a legal mandate. So you could be buying this power. Some people are buying it saying this is coming from hydro and then might not have the credits and then some other people may buy it, some other type of power and have the credit and, they'll report and think they're clean and they report as clean. Exactly. And they'll report so it could as be double. Exactly. And that, that, that's the issue that I have with the whole large hydro. If, if they could get large hydro to digitize and to start uh, uh, producing an accompanying renewable energy certificate type instrument, it's not renewable energy, but some kind of, a, of an, you know, an accompanying instrument that was digitally tracked, that would bring integrity to the system as far as I'm concerned. But right now it's just rife for, for uh, 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 double counting and, and all kinds of gamesmanship. So that's a third area where I think greenwashing is going on. And then a fourth that we know is what they call pooling agreements. And what happens is in a pooling agreement is the uh, hydroelectric dams in the Pacific Northwest, their uh, uh, generation will ebb and flow uh, through the year depending on what their snow melt is. So they'll have periods of high production and then they'll have periods where they don't have as much hydroelectric inventory to serve their own customers. So they need power from somebody. So they enter into these pooling agreements uh, with typically with California wholesalers. 
So what are these pooling agreements? So what the pooling agreement is, is that California Wholesaler will say, I'll take 500 megawatts of hydroelectric power from you, presumably with the environmental attributes, but who knows? I, I get that from you, and I deliver it to all of my, my hungry uh, uh, you know, mouths down here, other, other little agencies that, that need power for their, uh, in California, that need it for their customers. And then at some later point in the year, the agreement is, it's, it's a reciprocal agreement. So I have to give that, that dam owner and the, the, the hydroelectric owner in the Pacific Northwest, I have to give them back the 500 megawatts. And I can give back, when you look at those contracts, I can give back whatever kind of power I want. So I can give back system, my system power. But it's counted as clean? I don't know what they're doing with it up there. I have no idea what Washington is doing. Now, Washington has this initiative called 931, and 931 allows them to get back into this original type of greenwashing that we talked about, the first one, where you have a certificate, and you apply that certificate to whatever kind of power you want, and so you hold on to the unbundled certificate, you get power, you bundle them together on your own, and then you report it as whatever that certificate says. So. In, in, in Washington, they're allowed to do the unbundled game. And so what they can do is they can send us hydroelectric. We send them dirty power several months later as replacement. They take that and they bundle that with their certificates and they report and it as, as, as clean. clean. So what's happened? We got, we got clean power. They got dirty power, and they greenwashed it with certificates, just like we outlawed with AB 1110 in 2020. So it's it's. And they could even send that back to us. Is that? I suppose they could, but but it's it's just this this. Everybody's kind of shuffling the cards, and nothing's changing. You still have the same amount of carbon going into the atmosphere, but we're taking their green and saying, "Hey, look at how clean we are." We're sending them our, our dirty, and they're going, "Hey, we'll just put a wreck on that." a renewable energy certificate, and then we'll just tell everybody how clean we are. Do we also pay more in the process for this? Um, when you say pay more, do you mean monetarily or yeah, socially? Yeah, monetary. Or? So you, you do. You pay more. Um, we pay more to be green, right? Is that? You, yeah. But we're not really green in a sense. Yes. And, and it just really depends on what the product is that you're buying. So it's not a simple thing to answer, but generally speaking, you are paying more because the people in California that are engaged or involved in all of this greenwashing type activity have one thing on their mind, and that is to be as green and clean appearing as they can. And by virtue of doing that, they're charging customers or consumers to be a part of the green energy program. But with all of this gamesmanship behind the scenes and all this exporting of dirty power and well, we got clean, so aren't we green? You may but be, but you just real. exported dirty, and so what are you doing for the environment? So it's some, a good level of fakeness into yes. all this it, process. Yes, a, a huge amount, just a huge amount. Um, and it, um, I, I would call it leakage, just an enormous amount of carbon leakage in the Western United States, absolutely. Now, is it the utility companies that, that mainly doing this? That are greenwashing? Yeah. The utility companies, the biggest part of, of the business now for the utility companies is transmission and distribution. So there's, there's three utilities, PG&E, Edison, and San Diego. 
Most of their money, most of their income is coming through transmission and distribution, electrons moving over their wires, and they get paid based on that. They, they don't make a lot of money on the um, uh, generation, on, on the electron buying the energy. That's a commodity and the margins are just super tight and they don't make a lot of money on it. So they don't really, I mean, I, I think they care about their carbon, but I don't think they're just, you know, extreme fanatics about it. The, the people who are the extreme fanatics are these new agencies that are showing up in California called Community Choice Aggregation. And uh, they are claiming to deliver, you know, uber clean volumes of uh, green energy. Uh, they charge a premium for it. Community Choice Aggregation, CCA, also known as Community Choice Energy, CCE, is a local governmental program that buys electrical power on behalf of its residents and businesses. It's an alternative to buying electricity from the three major IOUs, which means investor-owned utilities like PG&E, Southern California Edison, and San Diego Gas and Electric. The difference is that the CCAs claim that they can provide mostly renewable or even 100% renewable energy, of course with a slightly higher cost. According to CalCCA website, there are over 200 cities and towns that are participating in this program. These are the city-owned entities, right? City or county-owned entities, right? They're usually partnered up with the city, right? Yeah, so a community choice, even how they're organized. Yeah. So the community choice uh, aggregation is organized. They're, they're really just collectives within a county generally, uh, although some of them cross into other counties. But a community choice uh, aggregation is typically it's the county it resides in is, is a member, and then all of the towns and cities, or many of the towns and cities in that county. And they all come together and they form a joint powers authority. They call themselves, as down here in Orange County, they call themselves whatever branded name they want here, it's Orange County Power Authority. Um, you know, it could be uh, a little further south from here, there's, there's one in San Diego called the Clean Energy Alliance. So they, whatever branded name they want, but they're all organized the same, which is essentially it's just the towns and cities and, and usually it's the county that's in there. Um, uh, as a member of the Joint Powers Authority. And those agencies arrived on the scene starting in 2010, and their big claim to fame was we're going to uh, uh, generate or deliver, we're going to procure and deliver greener energy than you could otherwise buy for less money. What percentage of the utility market, the community choice group, uh, aggregates their control? They, the, the projections I saw that are that by um, 2025 that, uh, the util that, that the community choice aggregators could be handling as much as, we don't know, but as much as 80% of the California market. Wow. According to California's first CCA, Marine Clean Energy, a typical residential customer uses about 450 kilowatt hour per month which costs at $106. That's for 100% renewable energy. This cost is about 5% more than buying 61% renewable energy. Now, the state regulators, and you've had some experience with this yourself. Yep. Why do you think the state regulators are not seeing this? 
Why do I think they're not seeing the... This whole greenwashing. I mean, these agencies wow. are supposed to be green and they're not green and they're doing all this, playing these games. Wow, that's a, that's a huge issue that you're, um, you know, that, 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 I mean, that's a pretty ugly monster that's underneath that rock you just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what happens is a lot of these guys, a lot of the people in the, in the regulatory agencies get tired. Um, and if they aren't tired, they, they just don't want to see it. And there are some of them also who are very political and they've got a job and a career to save and they do not want um, anything negative coming out against them, especially if there's a green lobby involved. So years ago, I sent an email to the chairman of the California Air Resources Board, which is, from, in my world, is a little bit like saying, I think I'll just send an email to the President of the United States. And lo and behold, she responded. I was shocked. Mm. I was really, it was, I was flabbergasted. And that was in December, uh, a couple of weeks before Christmas, and so I'm figuring maybe she was just in a good mood. But she responded, and I, so I had a back and forth with her, several exchanges, and I said, um, uh, I said, listen, this agency up north is, they're greenwashing. They are, here's what they're doing, and I laid it all out. I said, they're buying renewable energy certificates. They're buying dirty power. They're bundling them together. Uh, they are, it's called a vintage, I use the term in that email, vintage, which is in there, but, but it just refer, refers to the timeliness. But they bought, they were buying certificates, they were buying dirty power, they were bundling together, and then they were representing them as clean power. And in this case, what they'd done was they went in and did all of the smoke and mirrors after PG&E and announced what its uh, greenhouse gas emission rate was for the year, annualized rate. And they went, oh, and, and this CCA, this Community Choice Aggregation uh, uh, Agency, looked at it and said, oh my gosh, uh, PG&E is cleaner than we are, and we're, we're supposed to be the clean ones. And these guys did it without even trying. And uh, so they went in and they started playing all these games with these, this accounting. And I sent to, to the chairman of the California Resources Board, I sent her this email. And I said, what, am I missing something here? I mean, this is what's what? And she said, whatever they're doing, it doesn't have anything to do with California Air Regulations or AB 32, Assembly Bill 32, which is the Bible of, of, of clean energy in California. She said, whatever they're doing, it's, it's, and then she said, it may be fraud. And that was what got her. The, the, the CCA, the Community Choice Aggregation uh, 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 lobby, went after her on that because that email. Because she said it was fraud. And that email went to, to into the Capitol. It went in and went through all of these offices and it, I mean, it was, it became very well known. And I mean, there are people who I would go in and see them and they go, how did you get this? You know, and I said, I don't know, she just wrote it. And I was like, I was flabbergasted. And so were they. And uh, uh, that somebody would be that frank. But my point in bringing this all up is I don't mean to throw her under a bus. I, I, I totally understand. And, you know, maybe she didn't mean to say what, what, what she'd written in there, that it was fraud. But the lobby went after her and they put a lot of pressure on her. And so she walked back what she wrote and said, I didn't mean to say that. Well, you know what? You should have said that because ironically, six years later, seven years later, we passed a law that outlawed that very thing that I was talking about that you said, well, maybe I shouldn't have walked it back. And you should have. You should have stuck to your guns and said, this isn't right. And maybe that would have made the whole process of getting the new laws implemented that much cleaner and more streamlined. I don't know. But she was the chairman of the California Air Resources Board, certainly in a position to have 
asserted herself and her voice, but she backed off because of the lobby. Um, so to, to answer your question, I just think a lot of people are, are very tired in Sacramento. I, I think they, there may be some who just have lost, they've lost their way. They just, uh, they're not really, they don't even think about it. They just come to work every day and they do their thing and that's that. And, you know, I got to go home and, you know, play with my dog and talk to my neighbors. Um, I, I, I don't know. But do you think this is fixable? Can we get rid of this whole greenwashing and, and faking this green energy? So the whole greenwashing, what we've talked about, is just, it's only part of the problem. It's only the part of the problem that it's like once the energy shows up and you start playing all the games and you, or legitimate or not, maybe they are games, maybe they aren't, but you're, 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 you're going through your carbon accounting. That's only part of it. I think a bigger part of this is as you, you had a guy on, I love him, Mark Mills, super, just a brilliant physicist. And, and his point, and it's legitimate, is, hey, you know, when a lot of this stuff shows up on the scene and you go, hey, great, I got a shiny new clean windmill or I got a whole, you know, acres of solar panels, let's make some clean energy. And his point was legitimately, hey, we've already damaged the atmosphere. It's already baked in. All the mining, all the refining that had to go into the car, to, the, to, the, to make the plastics for that, those, those fan blades, all the resins, that's all, all that damage has been done already. But nobody talks about that. And the other thing that they don't talk about, so when you say, is this fixable? The other thing that nobody's talking about, and they really should, is end of life. What do you do with all those solar panels? You know, in a year and a half ago, I remember sitting with you and having a conversation in the studio, and I said, you know, we're going to have a Mount Everest size pile of spent solar panels. It's coming. And there's, you can say I'm wrong all you want, but they're we're coming. We're already seeing some challenges with that. And, and reports of that. And, and, and I'm delighted that a year and a half later, you know, we're starting to get those reports. But those, those, those toxic metals and elements that are in those solar panels, California doesn't have any recycling. That stuff is going to go into the ground and it's going to get into our water. And it reminds me, years ago, of, uh, we can't get it right, that's where I'm going with this. Years ago, California had this thing for gasoline called MTBE, which was methyl butyl tire, I don't know what it was, I can't, MTBE, that was the chemical. And MTBE then is what's happening now. So what happened, why am I bringing up MTBE? MTBE then, in the 1970s and, and early 80s, was an additive that went into our gasoline. And it was added to our gasoline because it was going to clean up the air. It was going to oxygenate, super oxygenate, and, and increase the uh, uh, octane of gasoline. And it was going to burn better, cleaner, and clean up our air. And that was a wonderful thing. I mean, who doesn't want that? Well, what they found was MTBE was getting into our water table. So we're cleaning up our air, and we're poisoning people with chemical-laced water. Same thing is going on now with, you know, when you say, is it fixable? And I'm saying, gosh, you know, we're talking about greenwashing and all this other. So do you think ground. at some point we're going to change what we consider green or we have to look at this ho more holistically and just not favor one or two things because part of the process looks clean? Do we have to, like, look at everything holistically and start over? Well, do you want me to be an optimist or do you want me to be a realist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, uh, as an optimist, I'd say, of course we can. We're going to get the right people in there and we're going to fix this. As realists, I think that we are going to continue down this path incrementally. And I don't think, uh, I think they'll address problems as they come up, but I don't think they're going to address them as quickly as they need to be addressed. Do you think our leaders are not paying any attention and it's just uh, we want to go green, we have these ideas of like doing good things for the planet, but at the same time we are ignoring like really serious problems in the process? That's exactly what's happening. Exactly. Are, are, there, are, there, are, there are people who are in uh, government positions, uh, bureaucratic positions, who know what's going on with water, for instance, uh, but our top leadership, no, they aren't, they aren't watching at all. Not at all. They're thinking about who's going to be the next president and what's wrong with the president we have now and you know, am I going to get reelected in my, in my job? No, they're not looking at this the way it needs to be looked at. No. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? You know, I was just going to say pray and laugh, and then I was, I'm thinking pray and don't laugh. I, I'm, I'm very, very, uh, very concerned. I, uh, I think that what we need is, is, is good in, in the electric industry. If you want to start to address and fix that, you need good people with good minds. You need somebody like Mark Mills, a good physicist who's just very, very balanced, who understands how stuff works, who doesn't care about all the politics, just let's just make this thing work. And until we get people like that into leadership roles, at least in electricity, um, and give them the power to really get stuff done, we aren't, uh, we're not going to fix this. Um, the people who are in leadership roles now at these community choice aggregators, for instance, the, the CEOs, in the next two, two and a half years, by the time we apply cost of living adjustments to their salaries, uh, the top people will be making about a half million dollars per year as a salary. Um, way, way gone. So it, our priorities are all all wrong. We've got the wrong people in doing the wrong stuff. We've got our eye over here, you know, on green and not looking at the total cost of being green and are we really being green and as opposed to just keeping the lights on. And uh, uh, so my parting thought is we need good people. And um, if we don't have good people, we're not going to fix it. Jim Phelps, utility expert in California. It was great to have you on California Insider. Thank you. Enjoyed being here.